Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. They play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, joined by my co-host, as always, Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Ready for a little else show break, I guess. Yes. Ready or not, here it is. <laughs> Me too. I uh, as much as I love basketball, I'm ready for a uh, for a couple days off to just kind of relax and decompress. And uh, probably gonna. I mean, I'm already writing something right now. I'm planning on writing something for IC that I've been uh, working on for a few days. But uh, yes, we have a, a lot to get to. And uh, I think the first thing I would ask you obviously watched the game last night. If you had just a quick mm-hmm. takeaway from the game, what was your thought on it? Um, yeah, it was just kind of a, a bit more of the same, or you know. Although I, I never, they go over the hump once in the second half to, to tie the game up and then quickly fell back. And it was just, again, just didn't seem like they have that expressive uh, firepower against these good teams to to overcome it down the stretch right now for whatever reason. But a couple of things that kind of stuck out to me, you know, was um, just, you know, Malcolm Brogdon kind of just blending in. Uh, of late and especially last night not being you know i mean he missed a few uh reverse layups that you know you would kind of hope he would make um so he was trying to make plays but it was just a from a production standpoint um being being one of your top guys um you know he, he wasn't up to it last night the one other thing that was kind of bugging me was that in the late in the third and in the fourth as the, as the nuggets were kind of sustaining and uh, that lead, you know, they had McConnell stuck on Jamal Murray for a few possessions. And I actually went back and felt like a lot more than it was really only like four, four of his buckets. But, you know, I mean, those are possessions where they're not getting stops. And uh, Murray was just comfortable, you know, using his size actually to score, get, get to a spot and, and shoot over McConnell when – you know, Edmund Sumner's on the floor and <laughs> or Justin Holliday. And it's like, you know, that's their guy. You know, we want to try and slow him down. That was a defensive um, matchup that kind of was puzzling to me. Um, so I guess, you know, essentially they're limping into the break here, um, you know, after that road trip, even though they were able to get that one out of Cleveland. Uh, so that's where I am. Yes, um, that's a good point. Like, especially like you're talking about with TJ, 
a lot of people were you know, I saw multiple people point out yesterday like oh TJ McConnell is not nearly as good of a defender as people think and I was like hey I mean he's being asked to defend somebody who is tw- twice the size is obviously a, that's that's saying a lot that's not true um, yeah. but Jamal Murray's like 6'4 220 and it shows like yeah. just could get a shot over TJ easily it's not like he was out of position or anything um I think what you mentioned is what I want to hit upon the most like this team right now it just they especially over the last stretch of games, they're five and one in their last six after coming back uh, from that, that week off, which we were really hopeful after the week off that they would maybe be able to write the ship a little bit has not turned out that way. They're now uh, three games below 500 at 16 and 19 headed into the all-star break. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, it's just, they just don't have the juice right now. Um, they, they were able to claw back in, I think it was tied 68-68 at one point yesterday, and that's when there was like one turnover when the Pacers had an opportunity to to take the lead, and then within four or five possessions they were uh, pretty like you know not not that far out like probably six or seven points, but at the same time like it's just enough where you you get the opportunity you get there, they had to claw their way back in, and then they were able to hone in on uh, I mean the the Nuggets were able to hone in on the Domas uh, mm-hmm. Malcolm two man game, and it it really stuck from there on out. Um, and we've seen, you know, both statistically and just on-court production-wise, Malcolm and Domas have really um, struggled. As I mean, they've both played it. Like, uh, I mean, Domas ends up getting the all-star nod, uh, but he hasn't played it as well lately. Uh, he's been a little bit better the last couple of games, but over the last month, he's been down. Uh, Malcolm has certainly been down since the Old Depot trade. Um, and it's not that they're playing poorly themselves. It's just they're being asked to do uh, a lot. They're completely overtaxed, and we're seeing that. Um, so I think this is very different. We haven't, at least, in, I mean, obviously you've been covering it a lot longer than I have. Um, and this is the first time I've really, uh, the, the Pacers have been at this place, uh, at the all-star break since, uh, I mean, 14, 15, it feels like, or, or maybe 15, mm-hmm. 16, you can include too. Um, if you want to throw in the Jeff Teague year as well, that is completely by all means, um, rough year. Uh, but all I can see is Caitlin's uh, picture on Twitter. Yes, exactly. She hasn't posted (laughs) in a while. I've been waiting. Um, What do you think about where this team is at right now and kind of where they're headed? Because I mean, obviously one positive thing broke today, Nate Bjorken was speaking to the media and said that Karis practiced when they practiced in Cleveland um, Mm -hmm. and he was participating in contact. It wasn't like a full physical practice, but uh, he is participating fully. And he's uh, based on the Indy star reporting. He's expected to be back um, shortly after the all-star break, which, you know, that's not a finite amount of time, but regardless, that's a positive stretch given where the team was at. Um, But what are your thoughts on, I I mean, looking at March, this March is going to be extremely difficult. Um, It already has been so far, Um, but I I turn the floor over to you. Yeah. um, it, It is compared to past several years. Um, really, since Vogel took over for Jim O'Brien, really, um, there's always been a sense that this team is overachieving uh, on some level. And even even those great great teams that battled the Heat, they were talented, and, and you know, but in, in certain cases they were young, so it was it seemed like they were a little ahead of their time. And then, unfortunately, once those guys got older, it kind of all fell apart. But regardless. Um, this kind of goes back to the year when PG got hurt and 
they they were undermanned and it was it was rough. But even then, you know, they were kind of overachieving and played played well. And it kind of felt like that was going to be this team as at the beginning of the year, um, especially with the new coach. And and it seemed like everything was, uh, you know, there's just going to be a different style and it's going to be fun. And and man, this is going to be great to root for and everything. And the late though, it just feels like it's stagnated. Um, we 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 know the heavy load that Robin and Sabonis have had to play, you know, and and the production has has definitely fallen off here. Um, but it feels like, you know, looking ahead at the schedule, um, that you know that they've just missed some opportunities here now, over the last three four weeks, that are really going to come back and bite them. You know, um, you think about that Philly game without Embiid that just slipped away and, and some other games. Um, and I, I don't want to uh, question the effort because even in these last few games, I mean, the, the Philly game was was not competitive, but, you know, they've been competing in all these games and just coming up short, uh, which is frustrating. And, I, you know, coming down the stretch, it, it doesn't, you know, it feels like they're just fighting to get in position to get, in position to win um while they're not getting blown out they're still it still doesn't feel like they're going to pull pull these games out in the fourth quarter that's frustrating and when you look at the clock standings um it's like i've, I've been on a, a kind of on a seesaw like okay well if they get levert back and then win a couple of games you know you're right back in the in the middle you know five for six five six seven seed on the other hand i mean this season is kind of foobar. <laughs> I mean, TJ Warren is probably not going to be a big contributor, even if he comes back late, late. You know, I mean, it, it, it would be hopeful maybe he'd be good to go to the playoffs, but that's not something I would bank the season on. So, um, you know, it's not a season where there's going to be a ton of fans at the field house. If, you, if you're ever going to miss the playoffs and, and have a, a down season, um, as much as no one – Associated with the Pacers wants that to happen. It, this isn't the worst one to <laughs> to have that happen. Um, so, the, just the fact that I'm thinking about that kind of tells you where my where my head is is with uh, with this team and and the confidence going forward. Because um, I I just don't know. Um, I think Robert really looking forward to having him added. I mean, obviously not. Having Victor was big. I mean, I think about the New Orleans game alone. If Victor's not around, you don't win that game either. Um, so, and there are other games where you know he he's able to chip in and be that guy to get them over the hump or, or push a three point lead to seven, maybe, um, and and down the stretch in the fourth quarter. So, um, Levert's definitely going to have that um, that impact. I think um, offensively, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes and. Um, but as you mentioned also, um, you know, they kind of make it sound like it's going to come back right away after the break, which would be great. Um, but even if it's, you know, a week or two, regardless, that first 10 games out of the break is going to be lethal. I don't, I don't know if LaVert's presence is going to be enough to, to um, make, a, you know, a winning impact on that stretch of games. Um, if it is, then... There's another gap there where, where they could make some hay in that playoff. Um, 
uh, thick of that playoff, you know, race for those five, six spots. So um, that would be fantastic. I'd, I'd love to see that happen. Um, but I got to say my confidence level for that happening is not real high right now. Yeah, I long. agree. Because uh, <laughs> like, like you mentioned, I mean, I mean, this is more of a speculation thing, but I was thinking about this yesterday when I was, uh, I was doing uh, a post game and, Right now, uh, TJ Warren, I believe, is still in his walking boot. Obviously, he's not practicing. Uh, he has not been on court. Um, so, you know, we're looking at right now that you have the the rest of March. You have April, and then you have six or seven games in May, or I think eight eight games in May. This is from the story in the Indy Star. There's no official update from the team, but a league source familiar with his rehab, TJ Warren's rehab, told Indy Star that Warren's return won't come until much later in the regular season at the earliest. It might not happen until the playoffs. That's because Warren had who had surgery because of stress, stress fracture. Easy for me to say. And then the navicular bone in his left foot has a slower recovery process and it goes on to, to explain some of the um, you know the biological reasons for that area of the foot not healing real quickly. Um, there isn't any issues with it um, from the surgery and everything. It's just um, it's just a, a long rehab situation. So um, from reading that, it's like, yeah, if, if he's back at the playoffs, is he going to be ready to <laughs> play in the playoffs, you know, and, and make an impact? I don't know. That report came out today and not everybody has the star. So. But that exactly, like that brings up what I – what I'm thinking, like it's at the point where if he's not coming back until late April um, and there's 10 games left, do you, does the team just decide to shut him down? Um, And I know that's not ideal and you probably don't want to do that, but you also risk like uh, not that I think he's going to get injured again, or I, I I hope he doesn't, but just a matter of fact, like we saw with, uh, with PG at the end of his, the first year he came back, like he came back and played the last 10 games, but um, they didn't even make the playoffs that year. Like you look at this, and I know the team would basically. I mean, we're they'll at least be in the play-in. It seems like I think would be how to put it. Um, not to jinx the oh, team, true, at all. Yeah. but uh, I don't know. Like that's that's something that you have to weigh for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think I don't know. I feel like it may be a little different than the PG. I felt like that PG thing when he played those few games. That was more of a good mental hurdle for him to go into the next season. Um, I don't know that Warren would, would need that type of a thing um, to propel him for next season, whereas, like you say, it may be um, better, a wiser move maybe not to push him to get back if, you know, what are you playing for at that point, you know? I guess the, the cost benefit of, of playing him um, if you don't know that, if that you can go that far anyways. Um, so yeah, it's obviously, you know, time, time will tell here in, in a few weeks and, and, um, I, I'm sure we'll be aware of when he is actually moving and doing stuff. And, and then, you know, that could speed up or slow down depending upon how it goes once he's actually doing stuff. Keep you know, it real. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, it's just that's the reality of where the team's at right now. Exactly. That's, that's the next the thing. thing I want to yep. bring up with you. This team is 16 and 19. They are not 
six and 29 or, or anything like that. And that's been a little bit frustrating to see just from an outsider perspective a little bit. Um, I am seeing Photoshop edits of Cade Cunningham in a Pacers Jersey. That's not going (laughs) to happen. And I I know it's funny in some regards. Like I I send it to some of my other friends who cover teams and uh, we get a good kick out of it. But at the same time, I just think the team needs a little, not the team, the fan base needs a little bit of a reality check with where the team is at. Um, I've seen people calling for Nate Bjorkman's job saying, did we hire the right guy? Um, I, my personal opinion, you can't judge that after 35 games. And in the cases where you can, I don't think you can in this because of just given a, the nature of the season, um, the way that everything has gone, it's very difficult to look at it and say, oh yeah, well, this is just like a normal regular season. He's totally messed up everything, which I would disagree with either way. Um, But also, I mean, the team's not practicing a lot. They don't have a lot of the pieces of the roster who we thought we were going to have to start the year with. Um, And we can talk more about that in depth, but are you agreeing with where I'm coming from on this? Yeah. And, and, you know, and I mentioned that I, you know, you find yourself when they when they fall back to tenth. That you okay? Well, what if they just you know cash it in for the year? Um, but that isn't real. I mean, that is <laughs> it isn't realistic with this team. I mean, they have a roster of guys that aren't going to just lose games, right? Um, they're not all of a sudden just not going to play Sabonis and Brogdon um, and Justin Holiday and those guys. And if those guys are playing, they're going to be able to win games and compete for wins um, over the long haul. So uh, you're right. And, and as far as the Brooklyn stuff, it's, you know, he's thrown a lot of stuff against the wall um, with different lineups and, and different defenses. And um, it, it's interesting to, you know, see – is he collecting info on, you know, on these different lineups and doing different things and, you know, scratching stuff off um, and saying, you know, putting the story by other things that are working and, and all of that. I mean, it's kind of what we wanted, right? We, we wanted a, an innovative approach and, and to um, play the game, you know, and they, they definitely have changed, you know, minimizing the mid-range and, and all that um, has had an impact, but, but there's an adjustment. And I think, you know, you always mentioned that at the beginning of the year, I was like, we thought kind of what they're going through right now was going to be at the beginning of the year. And maybe they'd figure things out and, and finish strong. Uh, but they started out so strong. Um, I, <laughs> I think those, and I mean, heck, they were in the, you know, still fourth place in the, in the East last week. Um, yeah. you know, and, and that just naturally raises expectations. Um, and, and then the, the attrition after the old Depot trade, you know, finally kicked in. Um, and you know, it, it's not, I, I almost said it's like a house of cards, it's not really a house of cards. I mean, they have the foundational pieces, but they don't, you know, we talked about it many times. They don't have the, the, um, they don't have a lot of different options to turn to. So he, you know, Bjorkman's been turning to different schemes and um, at, all over the place. And, you know, they're not all working, but, you know, I, I appreciate uh, how much different, how many different things we see in the game sometimes. 
trying to get something going now, you know, it doesn't always work, but, um, um, I, I do, you know, one thing with Bjorkman that, that just popped in my head, um, that I was thinking of, and I know, um, they were, they were considering having Jeff Hornacek on his staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would have been a big help. And in, in the fact that he doesn't have that veteran head coach assistant that a lot of times a, a first year or a first time coach adds. Um, I, I felt like a few times, you know, maybe that type of a voice would have been helpful with the staff and maybe that might be an adjustment they have going forward. But, um, I wouldn't want to shut down, you know, the style of play or the way or the way they're going about things. Um, um, and, and say, you know, the guy get rid of Bjork when I think that's crazy. I mean, it's hardly, you, you, you can't say he's gotten a fair shake <laughs> with the way things have gone this year. So um, I, I'd like to see, you know, what happens when you've got the right pieces in place. So, um, it, it will be interesting to see if there's anything going on at the trade deadline. Um, I'm sure they're listening to all kinds of things. And, and again, that would give you a sign of what direction the team thinks you're going for the rest of the year, if, if they do do anything at the deadline. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think that was something I'm, I've been thinking about as well. Do you think the team will make a move? Because based on everything that, that we heard in KP's last presser, um, I just, I personally don't like, I, it's easy for me to say, but uh, cause that's, that's what he said, but, um, it just doesn't seem like the team's going to make a move, but at the same time, if they do go on a pretty significant losing streak just before the trade deadline, um, I don't know. I mean, both yeah. miles and Domas are at the height height of what their trade values are probably going to be. Right. I mean, it feels like that. Um, so it's hard to, I'm not sure what the right answer is, but I know it's something that will, of course, be brought up. There's going to be – I'm just prepping people now. There will be rumors that come out next week. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, sure there will definitely. be, um, just the nature of the game. Um, but what do you think that they would make a move? Yeah, uh, I, I, I think they would. Um, I, you know, and I don't I – mean, I I, I'm not saying necessarily it would be one of those two big guys. Um, it could be, you know, when you think about the, you know, the, um, the roster and and um, guys under contract and things like that, you know, you got basically the most logical player, I guess, that would be dealt, you know, and on that level might be Doug McDermott because he's firing, um, and. I don't know. I know, you know, Aaron Holiday is apparently, you know, I think Zach Lowe had a thing on Aaron Holiday today um, about how, you know, he may have fetched the number one pick last year. People were looking at him and then, and now he's been struggling so much. That wouldn't be the case. So, um, but they do, you know, they do have some guys that if they were making a move, um, you know, could fill out a, a trade, um, whether it be Miles or, you know, I, I honestly can't see him trading Domas, but we always talk about those two of one of them, you know, maybe going. Um, and then you get a guy like Doug or a guy like Aaron Holiday. I mean, even, you know, 
TJ McConnell, there'd be rioting in the street. But um, with that contract, I mean, he's valuable. Um, so, but again, like, what would they be dealing for? Would they be selling off or would they be trying to bolster what they have? And, and that would, you know, obviously tell you the direction they want to go for the rest of the year. Um, I don't see, obviously, if they're, they're trading the big guys, um, that's quite a shift if you're trying to bolster something to get through this year. Um, that's more of a seller's move. So, um, but I, I, you know, I'm not saying they're going to make a trade. I'm saying they're definitely going to be taking calls and involved. So, um, should be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I would agree, I guess. I, I think I would, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'd be surprised if they do something to shake up the entire core, you know, like the starting five. I think mm-hmm. uh, KP in the front office really want to see that starting five play together in the playoffs. Um, but it's, it's just so murky because it's, it's the likelihood of, of that starting five playing in the playoffs together now just seems pretty unlikely given everything with TJ and um, how things are working right now. But it's entirely possible. Um, regardless, it still seems like they don't want to do that. But like you mentioned with Doug, um, I, that's a great point to bring up and, and something I've been thinking about as well. Cause Doug is on, he, he's having a career year, even if though he hasn't hit it, he's not hitting the three as well as he has prior. I actually think he's having the worst shooting year of his career from three, but what he's doing in terms of driving and uh, scoring inside the arc has been so huge. Um, I mean, teams would totally be willing to take him on. And then it also brings into question, like, well, how, how are you bringing him back? Um, because TJ Warren's deal expires not this year, but the next year. Uh, and I mean, TJ Warren is more vital to this team moving forward than, than Doug, at least theoretically. Um, you'd imagine he is uh, just in terms of what he brings and uh, what he can do on both ends. And the fact that he's a six foot eight guy who can guard other guys' size and, and still score it at his rate, like that's inherently makes him one of the most valuable players in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think Doug could totally – and looking, too, not saying that Doug is Joe Harris, but Joe Harris got four for 64 last year. And in this free agency class, I'm not saying that Doug is that same level, but he's close to it. If he's shooting – like, if you just look at this year, I mean, uh, 50, 36, 81, uh, and he's putting up 13 points a game, really good efficiency – I mean, if he's shooting the, the lowest, okay, his rookie year, he shot 31.5% from three, but he only played nine minutes a game. So it's the, not a great sample size. But like, this is the lowest he shot from three since his third year in the league when he bounced between teams. Uh, he got traded to OKC from Chicago. Um, but since then, I mean, since 17, 18, uh, through his time in, in Indiana, he shot almost 43% from three. So you're expecting that number to, to get back up. Teams are not looking at things super short-sighted. Like, they they know what his history is. They know what he has been. Um, and I think Doug is going to be able to cash in on that. And I just don't mm-hmm. know if the Pacers are going to be the team that that does that. Um, so that, that's a really right. great point to bring up. So so if you're not, then yeah. Um, and I, I, I your Joe Harris compares, I think, is pretty good. I, I, I would – venture to guess like you know here we are we we see every minute he plays um and so we've noticed you know he hasn't been drilling the three all that much but i mean again his ability to cut in the lane and and do some other things this year has been pretty impressive so 
Um, and if he was in a different role where he was spotting up more, maybe he's shooting a little differently. But I, I feel like his um, the view of him around the league is probably quite comparable to Joe Harris type. So I think I think you're spot on with that. Yeah, I mean he's not quite the like Joe Harris is a better defender than Doug. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I think Doug can put it on the floor a little bit better and get to the rim. They both bring their own merits. But yeah, it's gonna be a It'll be interesting to see what works out with that. The last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here that you mentioned earlier too is Aaron Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. And we can't talk about Aaron Holiday without first mentioning how awesome Edmund Sumner has been since getting into the rotation. Yeah. Um, and now with Edmund Sumner in the rotation, Aaron Holiday has been out of it. And last night, I think he played his worst game of the year. Um, like it, it's not just in terms of like pure box score, or whatever it wasn't. I mean, I think he was zero for three last night, but uh it was wild to watch because, I mean, as you know, Aaron has been a guy who is not gun shy about taking shots. And that's part of the reason why he's been so tantalizing for the, for the Pacers because they need that guy off the bench. Um, yeah. And last night he looked like he didn't even want to take a shot. Um, like the three shots yeah. he took, there was one that didn't feel forced. The other two were just, he wasn't sure if he wanted to drive. He wasn't sure if he wanted to shoot it. Uh, I thought he looked fine defensively and he's been fine. He's been pretty like, he's been better over the last month, Yeah, I, I but, agree. but his minutes have slipped because Edmund Sumner's playing so well and, and taking those minutes. And I mean, Ed's averaging almost 20 minutes a game uh, over the last five. Uh, and that's been in a steep decline of, of Aaron's minutes. So that brings into like, what is the future of Aaron holiday on this roster? If, if Edmund Sumner is going to be getting those minutes and, Aaron Holiday is going to be out of the rotation. Um, I mean, Zach Lowe brought this up, uh, and it's something that we've thought about and talked about as well. Maybe not as openly because we're we were hoping we wouldn't have to talk about it, but or more like we were just hoping things would work out for Aaron. But um, I think it's very very possible that he gets dealt by the trade deadline. Yeah, I that wouldn't surprise me either. I know that I think last night was a case. And I was really watching him at, at one point because he got in there at a point where, you know, he couldn't really have a big impact. I mean, I mean that's a great opportunity. Yeah. You know, you, you're seeing your minutes dwindle, but the team's struggling. They turn to you and, you know, you can give a little microwave burst of energy and scoring possibly um, and flip that, flip that game around a little bit. And who knows what's going on. But I, it, it, you're right. I just felt the body language and, and everything. And, and the, when he came out, right before he came out, he had his foot on the on the line on a three pointer. Yeah. And I think he made it after the whistle. He did. But like the watching him walk from there to the bench, you could just there was just a boiling <laughs> cauldron of I don't know what rage or or frustration or whatever inside of you could just you could just, it was palpable um he, he wasn't running he wasn't walking he wasn't saying anything his face was you know he wasn't smiling he wasn't grumpy it was just but you could tell there was something just deep inside just killing him um and it was like oh man that, that that's a guy struggling right there um and so you know, he may be a guy saying, "Hey, deal with someone." I, I, I just need to find a new, new spot 
myself. You know, I mean, that might be something where it's a mutual parting of the ways. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of felt for him on that one when it came out. It's like, oh, dude, the bow bounds, made, finally made a shot, and it's like, nope. And now you're coming out, and it's like that—that that was the opportunity lost. Yeah, um, it's really it's it's tough because, like you mentioned, I try not to read too much into body language, but but I agree. I mean, it was very palpable him coming out. He, he was not uh, was not thrilled, and I understand. I mean, yeah. he, he was he he had an opportunity last night, but not. I mean, sort of like he had not nine minutes. It wasn't anything ridiculous. Um, yeah, I know we got to get out of here in a sec, but the last thing I would say too, I mean, it does bring up an interesting dynamic too because Justin just resigned here on a three-year deal. Um, yep. I, I don't know. It's just there. There are a lot of interesting dynamics, and we're not trying to make it all doom and gloom. We'll have more pods coming out soon, talking about <laughs> some more of this stuff. Uh, we have time before the trade deadline, twenty days. As oh, of right we're gonna now. be talking about slam dunk winner. And oh yeah, skills um, challenge winner. I will say, lastly, too, I have a also lot of friends. A lot of friends from California who played prep ball there, um, and they are putting all their money on Cassius Stanley. So um, I think that is a that's a ringing endorsement. So I would. Uh, he is the odds-on favorite in Vegas. So. I am very excited to watch him. Uh, he, he, he's he's going to bring it. So uh, Tom, this was fun. It was good to good to catch up again. I'm sure we'll talk again uh, probably end of the weekend. But uh, have a Thank good rest you. of your day. Yeah, to everyone listening, right. of course. Uh, thank you for listening. I have another uh, another segment coming up right after this that uh, that will be coming up shortly. So stay, hang tight, stay tuned, whatever you want to call it. I'll talk to you later, Tom. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. CT, what's up, man? How are you doing? What's up, Mark? How's it going, man? Good, dude. I uh, can't complain. Other than the game, I can't complain. But uh, Yeah. yeah. It was, I thought it was a good game, though, for like the first uh, three quarters. It was going pretty good. Yeah, if you if you just uh, kind of axe out the fourth quarter, it's uh, it's fine for the most part. But uh, yeah. yeah, we're chilling. Uh, yeah, so I, you you got to listen to the pod with uh, with uh, with Ryan last night, right? Yep. Yeah, you guys did a great job on that. Learned a lot about the Pacers, and I think you guys really hit on a bunch of great topics with the Nuggets as well. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, uh, I feel very vindicated because uh, Jokic, I think, scored single digits tonight. Uh, didn't? Oh no, Jesus. Christ, what am I talking about? Twenty points. Never mind. It was single digits in like. It first feels three like he didn't have that. Yeah, feels like he didn't have that many points though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but was just absolutely picking the Pacers apart defensively. Um, and 
Jamal Murray was was nuts. Uh, dude, believe it or not, TJ McConnell is not big enough to guard Jamal Murray. Who would have thought that? Um, yeah. But what were your big takeaways from tonight, man? I think definitely uh, the big takeaway has got to be Michael Porter Jr. and his two-way impact. Um, you know, a lot's been made about I know you guys touched on it on the podcast that, you know, we've me and Chandler Jenkins, a good friend of the program, uh, you know, have been saying for the longest time now that Michael Porter Jr. is a four. I think he can play the three in spurts, but he has to play next to a combo forward like a Jeremy Grant or, you know, someone like that. But especially tonight, you know, he was all of the three-pointers that he was hitting were in nice rhythm. Uh, I really feel like defensively as well, he had some nice rotations, some great – he had a great block on Brogdon. Oh, that was beautiful, man. It was a really nice block. So, uh, you know, I think also the bench too. I got to give some credit to the bench. Um, you know, they're down Gary Harris and Jamichael Green and Paul Millsap, but uh, P.J. Dozier, he, you know, led the team in plus-minus. I think he was a plus-31, which was, you know, really good to see from him since he's come back. I've been pretty high on his his impact to the rotation. And uh, Blackout Chanchar, he was a plus-17, and he, I thought on – both ends of the floor, he gave some really great minutes. Um, you know, all the starters were out. So, what what'd you think of the game tonight? Yeah, um, it was kind of a microcosm of where the Pacers are at right now, man. Uh, the uh, the Nuggets, while they still really kind of lack uh, any anybody who can stop somebody on the wing, uh, even though Zeke Naji's doing some nice stuff. It, I don't know if you heard from the Pacers broadcast. I love the Pacers broadcast. They were calling him Enjai for the entire yes, game. I heard which that. Was, uh, which was kind of different. Was but, uh, but um. You know, I think this really highlighted how much the Pacers are really missing size, especially on the wings, because, uh, I mean, they're running Jeremy Lamb at the four. And even though I thought he had a decent defensive game, at least for him, because um, he's, he's not a good defender. Um, right. But, I mean, him closing out to Michael Porter Jr. and being your best guy who can contest on the corners uh, was rough. I, I know, uh, I mean, Michael had that really nice above-the-break uh, pull-up off the dribble. But everything else was coming from the corners. Uh, and a lot of it was – it's not even that it wasn't contested. It's just if you have TJ McConnell or Aaron Holiday as the guys running out to the corners, um, it's just not enough length to really bother somebody's shot. And regardless, it's going to be hard with how good of a – I mean, with how much uh, length. Like, MBJ, again, not the same kind of guy, but, like, just in terms of the ability to get a shot off, like Kevin Durant and that ability with how much length and height he has, he can just shoot over so many guys. Um that was my big takeaway tonight, just watching the Pacers really struggle with that. Because ultimately, I mean, they weren't terrible defensively. Um, we can get into some of the minutiae of that. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, that, that definitely came, came through for me. Yeah, I think, I think the Pacers seemed like their game plan was to kind of take Jokic away um, and just make him be more of a facilitator. And he's really comfortable doing that. Um, I thought he was kind of off his scoring game, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he kind of looked a little – he kind of looked a little rattled. He was turning the ball over a lot. Um, you know, him and Barton were kind of turning it over a little bit. I thought Barton was good tonight, too. I think everyone played pretty well for them for the most part. But, um, you know, I know just like, you know, seeing the Pacers and reading, you know, your content you put out, I was, I was really impressed with Miles Turner's game tonight. Um, I kind of thought, you know, Porter had his way with him in the second half. But the first half, I thought Turner really ate him up on the glass. Um, and also, too, I think he's got to be willing to shoot the three ball a little more. He's kind of hesitant out there. I don't know what his percentage is on the year. I haven't watched that much Pacers other than, you know, seeing your, your work and kind of watching him a little bit here and there. But I feel like he's got to be more aggressive offensively. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was kind of remarkable because this was the most uh, aggressive game he's had of the year. Um, I mean, he came out at 17 in the first half. Uh, and 
in the second half, I don't want, I'm like, he didn't completely shy away, but he was not taking the same looks or trying to get the same looks as much. Um, he was being defended a little bit better for sure, but right. I, I agree. I mean, there were a couple threes. He, he took six threes on the night, and I felt like he could, he could have taken ten. Um, and I want him to get to that space. He's been a lot better this year in terms of more willingness and less hesitancy, but it's still uh, it's there sometimes. Like, um, and he's the guy who I want. Like, if if he has an open three, just take it. I don't really care about the ball reversal for him. Sometimes, yeah, uh, go for it, but I, I don't care to see him run a dribble handoff because. His values as a shooter, he's so good. Right. Uh, just if he can get that off, it, to 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 your credit, though, I mean, he's shooting thirty and thirty and a half percent on the year right now. Part of that this is, is he, had a, low he had a really bad February. I think he shot twenty nine percent in February, but um, right. had had a really nice stretch before then. So um, I think we're going to see a positive regression. Not regression to the mean. It would be like just a raising up to the mean or whatever you want to call. it. I'm not good with math terms. Um, but regardless, I think, yeah, I, I think he's going to end up being like 35% because that's where he's been at for his career. But right. yeah, I agree. But the, on the glass was awesome tonight. Um, yeah. He really, he really, I think he really kind of like uses physicality on Porter jr. In the first half, MPJ is a really good rebounder. Like he's elite oh, yeah. at his size for his rebounding, but he, he has a tendency to get pushed around a little bit by bigger guys. So, but, um, yeah, who else was missing tonight for that? I know Warren has been out for a while. But um, who else is out that they have? Yeah, Karis LeVert as well, too, obviously. Um, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think who else was out tonight. I don't think. No, they they were not actually missing anyone else tonight, which is kind of uh, problematic. But, I mean, part of the issue, too, is just you go from Jeremy Lamb as your biggest wing at 6'5 to Domas at 6'10. And there's just no right. in-between. Um, and you That's really like the lack of the same problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, like Porter Jr. has the size, but he's not really a, a wing defender. And then their best wing defender is probably P.J. Dozier, and he's only 6'6", like 6'7", about there. So I feel like the, the Pacers and Nuggets are kind of similar in that aspect where they kind of need at least – I think at least one upgrade on the wing, maybe a two-way wing would really help them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I totally agree. Um P.J. Dozier was good, though. I really liked P.J. tonight. Yeah. I'm reading right now, he had eight assists, uh, yep. which, like, ridiculous to me. I feel like a lot of them were, like, kind of uh, off of, like, a Jokic hockey assist, though. Um, not to, like, degrade what he was doing, but not like, you know, he's not running 8,000 pick and rolls and getting shit out of that. But uh, Right, right. What have you thought of him this year? Because I've really liked what I've seen from him. I've always liked him as a defender, but uh, right. just giving, some, you know, an extra secondary ball handler. The shot has been legit this year. He's shooting better than Doug McDermott from three on the year. He should, I think he's shooting 40, 40-ish percent around there. Yeah, he should, I, I think last night when I checked, he was at 39%. Um, That's crazy and, compared to yeah, last so year. He's probably right around there too. Yeah. yeah. His The knock on him out of Carolina was, South Carolina, was he couldn't really shoot the ball. He was a big point guard, uh, get into the paint. He's As we saw tonight, he's very good defensively, You know, on the ball, off the ball as well. But um, you know, I've been a big fan of PJ ever since the uh, the bubble. Where the Nuggets had a lot of guys out, you know, Barton was out, Gary Harris was out, and they didn't really have that many guys. And he really stepped up, and he took, you know, the scoring load. Um, you know, and then this year too, they they let Torrey Craig go because they thought that uh, Dozier could kind of replace what he brought to the table and been kind of better offensively, which he has been this year. But um, I'm really high on what he brings to the table uh, as far as the uh, defense, um, offense, cutting. You know, he's kind of like a bigger guard wing that they need. And he's been, he was out, actually. He missed, like, 15 games with a hamstring injury. And uh, the Nuggets defense cratered, especially on the perimeter. So, um, 
you know, it's definitely good to have him back in the lineup. He's going to be a big part of their uh, second half of the season and when they go into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think of their defense overall tonight? Because um, I wasn't paying enough attention to their defense. I was looking more for what the Pacers were doing offensively. Um, it felt like they were doing, a, like, uh, obviously the Brogdon-Sabonis uh, pick and roll was really getting them in the first half, but then uh, they were able to really quell that in the second half. Uh what like I mean the defense has been kind of a I don't want to say a struggle all year but they're right around league average now after being pretty bad to start the year. Uh, what's kind of right. changed up for you in there? I think um, now with Porter playing the four has been much better. Um, you know he's not a guy who's on the ball. He's a guy kind of rotating, um, and he's the height and the length, and he's got the athleticism to do that. Um, you know I think the Malone kind of wanted to see if he could play the three because uh, Paul Millsap was still in the lineup. Yeah. But um, I don't think that's a tenable combination. Just Millsaps, he's taking a step back as far as just he's not as quick as he used to be. Um, he's still smart, a very, very smart defender, obviously, but he's just – it's kind of – his age is kind of caught up to him now. But, um, you know, as far as the defense tonight, I thought they started off really well, and then uh, they are kind of getting beat on the perimeter by Brogdon a little bit, and I thought Turner had his way on the glass as well. But it um, seemed like the Pacers kind of missed a lot of threes, I thought. I don't know if that was yeah. – part of their defense or just like McDermott and holiday kind of went cold. Yeah. They went uh 14 of 39 tonight. It's 36%. So, you know, it's fine. Um, right. But the guys were missing like Domas. I think the biggest issue was Domas was five of 15 from the floor and he got to the yeah. free throw line zero times, um, which I'm sure people are going to be bitching at me for uh, the fact that he didn't get there at all. Um, but I didn't really think he deserved to. Um, honestly, I think should have an either. Yeah. really well on him. Um, I thought so too, positionally yeah. especially. Yeah, yeah. Like he's the kind of guy who I look at. And I'm like, um, first of all, I mean, people need to realize how good of a defender Jokic is in his own right, especially Definitely. when he's in the the right setting. Definitely. Um, but you know, looking tonight, like just when you have a guy like, I mean, he's he's just a smart defender. He's not really too worried about getting vertical. Domas is not a vertical athlete either. He's really good at just getting guys to to bite on his first or second move. Um, and Jokic wasn't tonight, just stonewalling for the most part. And you could see how frustrated Domas was getting. Right. Um, but granted, he had some nice freaking passes tonight. Uh, he had that one the- to um, – who was it to? I think it was to Lamb. Like it was like a, he like kind of like bodied Najee out of the way. Yeah. Through like a nice pass. It was, that was a nice one. He's a really good – I think he had a triple-double, Sabonis. So yeah. As, as much as the 10, scoring 10, 10. didn't. Yeah, he wasn't, really, he wasn't really efficient scoring the ball, but he still made an impact with the triple-double. Yeah, definitely. He was still really good tonight uh, in some – well, no, not really good tonight. As a passer, he was. Uh, right. But, yeah, he struggled defensively, too. Like, asking him to guard MPJ, that went away pretty quickly. Um, I, that, I knew right away from me how that was going to be a problem. But Yeah, uh, he's a little slow foot on the perimeter. The same thing with Jokic, too, is, like, you ask him to guard the perimeter on an island and we're, like, closing out off a rotation, and it's kind of it's kind of a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you think of that in general? What did you think of the Pacers' defense? Because they play pretty uh, – like, they're pretty dominating in terms of trying to ball pressure a lot. And that's why they, I mean, right. they run Domas out of the top a lot. Um, instead of last year, he was running a lot of stuff as a weak side or as the low man. Um, and now – I mean, it's uh, it's very hit or miss. Like, I, I tweeted this out yesterday because TJ McConnell obviously had the game of his fucking life yesterday. Uh, I saw nine that, skills yeah. in the first half. And the Pacers had six rebounds. So it was like last night, and, and a lot of times, because, I mean, they haven't been a good rebounding team this year, but a lot of uh, a lot of this year has felt like it's either they're forcing a turnover or it's a wide-open layup. 
uh, and there's very little in between. Um, right. And well, I think there was some tonight. Uh, like they actually were able to force. Uh, they were they were good in rotation a couple times tonight. They changed some things up, uh, but they you know the Nuggets just hit shots pretty well. Um, but yeah, overall, what are your thoughts on that? Because I mean, the the Nuggets are really the only team. Uh, that have been running anything kind of similar to that over the last couple of years with uh, doing that with Yo. Yeah, I think the Nuggets were were kind of, I don't know about the first team, but they were the, one of the earlier teams to really, they changed their scheme up as soon as like the Nuggets made the playoffs that first year. Yeah. And it really helped them with Jokic because, I mean, the defense caters to his strength. You know, he's very good, um, you know, getting steals. He has active hands. He's he's actually pretty good laterally, like kind of absorbing bumps from quicker guards yeah. or, or defenders or um you know, offensive players like that. So um, I think it's good that the Pacers are doing that. Um, kind of not a trap, but it's kind of like a like a soft double. Yeah, a little bit with Sabonis because he's the same way. You know, he's he's not quick as far as a, as a drop defender. I don't think he has the length to kind of make up for you know being a quick split decision maker. You know, on who to go. You know, who to guard the lob or to guard the guy. You know, driving to the basket. So I think that's a good scheme, but um. What do they run when Turner is in the game by himself? Because I saw Turner was running as the lone center a lot tonight when Sparks yeah. wasn't in the game. Um, so they run, like, basically whenever Miles is uh, is defending. He's normally in center field, um, which is it, – it can be good. Like, I like – like, he's very good at playing center field because he's awesome as a – he's one of the best, like, two-on-one defenders in the league. Um, but at the same time, you're putting him in a really tough spot asking him to, to guard two on one every time that, uh, that, that he's put in pick and roll. Um, right. and also just given how the team is right now, like, uh, they were running a bench with Jeremy Lamb at the four, which those lineups have been atrocious when Jeremy Lamb's at the four, regardless of who the center is. Uh, cause believe it or not, Jeremy Lamb, not a four. Um, but I mean, yeah. part of that's nature. Of the I really thought Jakar Sampson would play you know, eight to 10 minutes tonight. And you obviously were St. John's I fan. Yeah. I was really hopeful. I mean, Jakar is, I want to see him out there tonight. I want yeah, to see him. He would have provided positive minutes. I would have liked mm-hmm. it because Jeremy really struggled tonight. He's one of nine. Um, but yeah. So the problem is like, is as good as that is uh, with him playing in center field, I'd like to see them run a little bit more of a drop, um, but it's tough because the guys are not really great at the point of attack or getting around screens. So then you're letting up a lot of, Jamal Murray uncontested, you know, eighteen footers. And he's pretty damn good at hitting those. Yeah, he was um, good. He was really good tonight. Yeah. So I mean, the pro- yeah, they just they're so lacking in terms of overall length and uh, just athleticism too. Um, and it puts you in a real bind on what you can do defensively. But at the same time, they were not that different last year, and they were sixth in defense. So right. I would like to see them be more conservative in some regards. Uh, I like you know like trying to mix stuff up, but at the same time, like I just think that. They need to hone in on having a better base defense, and uh, I'm hopeful that they are able to get some of that out of the All-Star break. Like, Karras mm-hmm. is uh, reportedly going to be back pretty soon after the All-Star break, or at least uh, participating in practice. That's great that he'll be back. That's yeah, great dude, I'm, back. I'm so psyched about that. Like, yeah. A, I, I love Karras. He's a great dude. He grew up in Ohio, um, not too far from me. So I've always like been kind of in on his game. Uh, but, yeah, just given how everything has gone, I'm, I'm – I'm psyched for him. I'm just glad he's going to be able to even be back on the court at all. Um, right. But, he's going to be good for you guys because he's – I feel like he's kind of the player that um, the Pacers are kind of lacking right now as far as someone who could create their own shot. I know Brogdon could do it, but um, just have kind of Levert and him in the backcourt, I really feel like that's going to be a nice combination. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I'm I'm psyched for him to come in because um, as good as Brogdon and, and Domas are, neither of them are a top flight option. And even working in tandem, they really can't get to that level. Right. Um, even though, like, I mean, I've talked about how Domas is kind of like a he's he's in a way like with his screening and his passing ability, you can elevate what a guy does as a primary option. Um, but just looking at since the old Depot trade, uh, so Malcolm's numbers. Uh, since that was July, no, not July. Jesus, what I'm talking about. January 14th. Uh, we're going a little too far back. Yeah, I mean, he's been good. Uh, 21 points, five boards, like five and a half assists. But the shooting splits are down, shooting 35% from three since then, 44% from the field. So, like, league average shooting, a little down, yeah. if not a little bit less. Um, and it's obviously smaller sample size, but, I mean, just in the 11 games that he played with Vic, uh, I mean, 47, 45, and he was assisting more. He was turning over the ball less. He just was getting a lot more opportunity to do stuff off ball, move off movement. Um, and it was better for him defensively, too, because he's not being asked to do as much on the ball. Like his, I think his usage percentages went up. Like uh, It's like a 3 or 4% trend since, uh, since Victory got traded, which doesn't right. sound big, but it is like pretty sizable. Um, and it shows, man. So I agree. I think just having – the fact that you'll have a guy who's a positive player out there uh, and you can actually move Justin Holiday or uh, Doug McDermott back to the bench, I mean, that makes a big difference. Yeah. What is McD- McDermott started the three tonight? I might actually be completely wrong on that. I think, yeah, no, Doug did start tonight. I, so it's I, him and Holiday, right? Yes. And, uh, I like Justin Holiday a lot. I do too. His, I think you should really probably I was listening to your podcast three, today but... and, uh, you know, I, I really like his game. Yeah, no, he's good. The problem is just defense. He actually was like kind of solid. I think he had three of the four steals on Will Bard tonight. Yeah, like Will, came from Doug yeah Will was rattled tonight. When he was <laughs> I know. He actually had a pretty solid offensive game, but uh, other than the turnovers. But um, yeah, what have you thought about him this year? Because he's really struggled this year after being like probably the second best player for most of last year definitely. until uh, Jamal really came on. Oh yeah, there's definitely an argument that he was the second best guy last year. Um. We've our Nuggets chat's kind of gone back and forth with this because you know we really like Will, just you know the person, yeah. um, great guy, but um, you know they they went to the Western Conference Finals without him last year. Um, I think I actually think he would have had a better role in the Lakers series, um, considering Gary Harris didn't really have a role in that series. I thought Will could have yeah. kind of had a more scoring punch for them. They didn't really need his, Gary's defense in that one, so I see the reasoning for why, um, you know we could keep him long term. But I don't know about the contract situation. Um, he struggled this year, but I feel like that's kind of – he hasn't really been healthy for the most part. I mean, the past – whenever Porter Jr. got inserted into the starting lineup at the four, he's been really, really good. I, I don't know his splits off the top of my head, but he's been really efficient. Even the defense has been pretty good as well. And he's playing the three, which is – he's probably still a little bit out of position. Yeah. So, but um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Barn fan. I think he's, he's going to turn it around. He's been playing really good. But – um. I don't know if the front office is going to decide to trade him at the deadline because he's going to be a free agent. So I don't know what they're going to end up doing. But because um, we'll see if they trade for a wing. I don't know if the, there were rumors today Gordon was available. But um, I don't know. I heard on a podcast that the Nuggets weren't really that interested. I think Blackburn actually said that the, the Nuggets weren't really that interested in, in uh, Gordon. So yeah, no, I don't know. We'll see. Last night. Um, yeah. I see. I don't know. Because, like, I, I mean, just watching Aaron Gordon from afar because I, uh, I'm one of the five people who watches the Orlando Magic for whatever reason. <laughs> um, 
I think, I mean, he'd be perfect there, man. Um, but I just wonder what all you'd have to give up because if I'm Orlando, like, I don't know. I'm hopeful that I'm, I'm going to try and talk to somebody for a pod for, uh, for PH on, uh, on Orlando to get a better vibe on, on their front office and what they're doing right now. But, um, I'm not sure. Like, I, why would they even trade him? Like, I mean, I get why they would trade him, but like, what are they trading him for? Like, cause it, right. I feel like if you trade Aaron Gordon, you're getting back guys who are going to help you stay relevant right now, but. Does Orlando really want to do that? Um, so I don't know. It's uh, yeah. it's interesting. But so you definitely think they should be making a move, right? Um, I mean, I know, like you guys were saying today, and I agree too. Like Yogi's just having such a historic year, um, right up there as the MVP. I mean, I think they might have to, but um, because to get through LA and and the Clippers, they need one more wing. You know, we saw last year with Grant. Um, you know, the numbers of him in that lineup are kind of. There's a little bit of noise with that, but I thought he actually had a really good impact just as far as a guy who's 6'9 with length. Yeah. And the Nuggets don't have – they don't have any of those guys on the – they don't literally don't have one wing right now who's 6'9. It's the same problem with the Pacers. They don't have a guy like that who's, you know, you know match up with the best wings on the team. So I think they're going to have to because putting Porter on one of LeBron or Kawhi or, or Paul George is going to be a disaster, even though I think Dozier could guard one of those guys. But I think they definitely just, need one yeah, more ask like, him to do it for a wing. whole series is like it's a lot. I mean, right. he's what? I mean, he's six six, but he's maybe two ten. Like, yeah, he's a little little light on the lighter yeah. side. So it's hard to ask. I mean, it's like the same thing with with the Jazz. Like Royce O'Neal is really good. I, if Royce O'Neal was six foot eight, he'd be like defensive player of the year. I'm convinced. But um, just yeah, I mean, he's six five on a good day. So asking him to guard like LeBron or Kawhi and be like as good as he is, that's just. I mean. Size matters at some point. Yeah. Which I hate it myself does. for just saying that. But, yeah, it does. You're right, though. Um, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one more thing I want to ask you about the Pacers, though. What did you think of Edmund Sumner? Because I love Edmund Sumner. He's finally getting minutes. Um, he'd been out of the rotation for, like, probably a 10-game you know, stretch right around there. Uh, and over the last five or six, he's been playing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. It's been fantastic. Um, what did you see from him tonight as, an, like, just kind of an objective uh, observer uh, that's not solely, you know, focused on his development and, and pushing the hype train for him. I've been a big fan of, of uh, Sumner since he was at Xavier. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a saying, you know, I'm a St. John's fan, so I watched the yeah. East a lot, and uh, I was really impressed with him at Xavier. Even though the jump shot that he has um, is not close to where it is now, I was really impressed by, you know, the mechanics of his jump shot, how he kind of changed it around since Xavier. It's a, it's a really big change, and uh, he, mm-hmm. I think he knocked down about two tonight. Yeah, yeah, two. And they weren't open. Like they, yeah, they were. They were in a rhythm. I mean, defender right there. Usually in the Big East, teams would just leave him open and, and say, you know, we're going to dare you to shoot the ball and beat us like that. So it's good to see him, you know, having a role on offense. And uh, the defense has always been a plus for me when I watch him. Um, what is he? He's about six six, right? Yeah, yeah, he's right around. He's six five or six six, but I, I think he's like uh, he's very he's be like though. a plus four or plus five wingspan. Like, yeah, he's got a big wingspan. Monster. But yeah, no, he's probably like I think like I'm five foot nine, and I think we weigh about the same. So like, yeah, yeah he's he's very th- he's very thin. Yeah, but um, no, I'm very impressed. I, and also, he's a point guard too, so he's you know he could play a pick, he could play pick and roll. I'd like to see actually more minutes with him and Brogdon. I don't know if that's been a lineup that's been explored a lot this year, but um, I think he could even guard some wings, like even if they have to. Like him and yeah, Holiday no, out think... there, and uh, I would, like you said before, they need to play Jakar Sampson, just for the fact that he's six nine, he's a freak athlete, 
Um, I don't know. How's the jump shot this year for him? Uh, it's, it, it's not great. Uh, no, yeah. he's been he's taken a couple in the last couple games that he's played, but um, that was a knock. Like you can tell that he's worked too. on it, but he's still like I mean he he hit one in the last game he played right. against Philadelphia, but it was garbage time. So I'm not. I mean he's hit one one shot from three in the year of 2021. So wow. um, not perfect. I was really hopeful, man. Like he uh, it was the year with yeah Chicago. He had of course it's only a four game stretch, but. He like he hit multiple in every single game, so it's something. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I don't know. I think there's always room to get like just a little bit more out of your bench, um, and I think that's where I look at him. Like Miles played 38 minutes tonight. Domas played 37. I think those are both justified. But like TJ, uh, I mean, you had to play TJ 29. I mean, you I don't probably think have Holiday to... was good. You know, the, what's the other Holiday? Aaron Holiday. Aaron, yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring him up. I didn't think he was good um, at all tonight. Like I think Summer he, should be getting all of his minutes. Yeah, we're uh, we're at that point, man. Uh, he was doing that last night. Aaron played four minutes against the Cavs last night. Um, Ed played, I think, twenty. Um, and it's a little—I don't want to say it's sad. I mean, it happens. But Aaron Holiday has kind of gone from being like he was getting—I don't want to say force-fed, but kind of like twenty-ish minutes a game, uh, right? And now he's been largely out of the rotation, or at least kind of an afterthought in the rotation. Ed's taking his minutes, and it's been good. I mean, Ed's been really good with him, and he deserves the minutes. Um, but Aaron, like, I mean, he's been kind of a gunner, at least his first year and a half he was, and he really was starting to figure some stuff out towards the bubble last year and into the bubble. Um, right. And he has just been really off offensively this year. But he really looked like he was starting to turn around uh, about two weeks ago, and he's been just out of the rotation since – um, and he was he- completely hesitant to even shoot tonight. I saw that tonight, yeah. It was rough. Like, he, like, just was questioning, should I drive? Should I shoot? And then it was stalling out the offense. Uh, he was, like, he was pretty fine defensively. But, um, I mean, he just given the fact that he's six foot two, like, it's he's not going to be great defensively. Um, but, right. yeah, I agree. That's like, I'd like Sumner, was... too, because at least he has, you know, he's six six. He's got length. He's shooting a three ball better. I, I think you could play Sampson at the five. Because you could play him interchangeably with Turner and Domas, because they could both shoot. I don't. I don't think Domas's three has been uh, really that good this year, right? Percentage wise. Yeah, it's like around thirty-five or thirty-six percent. Um, but That's he's not bad. It's still. It's uh, like I, I don't know like how you can even quantify it, but like he goes on runs with his shot. Like uh, so. Oh, okay, he's down to thirty-four percent now because he's in a bad uh, bad stretch with it. But like he had a week of basketball where he shot like. 50% from three on, like, four or five a game. And then now he's shot since the 13th of February, shot 21%. Oh, so that's, um, that's really low, yeah. Yeah. So it's – uh yeah, he, he's still trying to find the consistency with it. Like, I think he's better if he, if he gets opportunities from the corner, especially it's, like, the, um, the left corner he's really good out of. But um, I don't, like – I personally am not like super in on him taking threes. Like I, I'm, I'm fine with him taking like two or three a game if they're wide open. And, um, uh, but like if, if he's like if if it's in transition and he catches the ball above the break, I that's not a shot I really want him to take because you know it's not the kind of rhythm that he's used to yet. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, because I feel like if he's you know a threat to shoot, then his passing opens up a lot more. Like Jokic has. I mean, obviously he's not you know he's not. Jokic caliber shooter, but I feel like if he's willing to take it, then he'll have more of a you know opportunity to pass and open up the offense a little bit. But um, 
you know, I definitely agree with what you said, though. I think they the Pacers need more length. Um, I play Jakar. I play Sumner. Um, what do you think about what they're going to do after the uh, All Star break? Are they going to make any trades? Do you think uh, the rotation's going to shift, or like what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, um, that's a great question because I have no idea. Um, I lean on it like so many different ways. Like this, uh, the last two weeks have been obviously not not a good stretch for them whatsoever. Um, I mean, well, I guess it'd probably be just the last month has been a bad stretch overall. I was like leaning after the old depot trade. Um, I was of the mindset that they weren't going to trade anyone and they were going to keep the rest of the band together um, and go from there. But, you know, I mean, because KP, Kevin Pritchard, doesn't speak to the media super often. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's different for, for some. I, I don't know how Tim Conley is, but, like, I mean, like, I know Danny Inge talks to the Boston media, like, once a week, which is, like, mind-blowing to me. Yeah, um, Tim doesn't really, he doesn't really speak unless, like, yeah. something. I was just like, say, I don't think I've ever something. heard Tim speak before. Uh, I know, like, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard our tourists on, like, a pod before when he was still there. Um, yeah, but, Tim, he's, I think he's gotten, like, the Woj pod, but, uh. Other than that, he's he's pretty quiet, more like behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, uh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like when when KP last spoke to the media, he said that uh, he really wants to see this group get healthy um, and attack the playoffs together and see what they can do from there. Um, and he had talked to about how it was probably going to hurt them in the intermediate that they traded for Karras uh, and he wasn't going to be playing. Right. Um, which I wish more fans would have listened to that, but they didn't. Yeah, they have to be understanding of the whole situation. Yeah. Oh, dude, that. trust me, they haven't been. Uh, I don't really? know what that's Nuggets Facebook is like, but Pacers Facebook is nuts. I literally, I just have to like, keep tabs on it to see what people are saying because it gets me, uh, like, thinking about what to talk about and write. Um, right, right. But, yeah, like, looking that's at that crazy. is uh, is rough. But overall, I think uh, just based on what he said, I have, I, I, I'm, like, and he's, he's a pretty straight shooter. He doesn't really, uh, like, mince his words. Um, I think that they're not going to make any trades, and I think they really want to see Miles and, uh, and Domas play together in a, in a playoff series with a healthy team. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, obviously Domas missed the entire bubble last year. Um, but I'm also of the mindset where I've seen in watching this team play, I mean, they're 16 and 19 now. Um, in the last week, they're 1 and 5, 25th in offense and 20th in defense. That's rough, yeah. Not, yeah, I mean, it's not the. Uh, the, the the two weeks is not completely indicative of who they are as a team, but um, I just think I've seen enough from the, the, the center duo to think that it's very, very difficult for me to see them being um, extremely competitive at the highest level. But at the same time, it's hard to know without seeing them with uh, with with the full roster. So I don't know. I, I think there's an if if they if they're going to make a move. Um, I don't you know think Turner's the guy to go. I mean, I think they probably view Turner as the guy who would go. Um, I'm not sure that I, I, it's it's just tough, man. Because like, how do you build a defense with Domas as your uh, your one center, right? Like, I love Domas. I think he's such a great player. Um, but I just like with 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 the personnel right now. Oh shit! What's up, Logan? How are you doing, man? What's up, um, Logan? Yeah, with uh, looking at the personnel right now, like if. TJ is your four because I, I mean TJ would slide up to the four if uh, if you have Domas or maybe you you get a four. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, there are ways that you can make the defense work for sure. But um, I forgot Warren was out too. Yeah, he in the bubble he had a great he had a great playoffs and and uh, you know some of those seeding games. I, I forgot he was out. Oh, he was so good, man. Um, yeah. 
But did he yeah, play this year at all or no? He played four games, and he probably shouldn't have played because he did not look right at all. Um, right. And, yeah, um, rough rough for him. Like, he, he just, like, was not moving well at all. And uh, luckily, he was able to get surgery. But that's part of the problem, too. Like, I don't think – I'm not for sure that he's going to be back. He still this is indefinite. He's in a boot still. Uh, so he hasn't practiced at all. Um, he hasn't been on court at all. And I think it's like – I was talking to somebody about this today. Like, if you get to April, like it's the first week of April, and he's not practicing, like doing contact practice yet, do you even bring him back? Um, like, that's uh, – I'm not sure. Like, it, I, it just depends on how they view things. But with how the next month could go, like, just to give you an idea of what their schedule is like in March, like, I think they they have to have close to the hardest schedule in March. So they played, obviously, uh, Philadelphia on Monday, Cleveland yesterday, who was probably the easiest game of the year, or not mm-hmm. year, but of this this month, played Denver tonight, played the Lakers first game back. They play Phoenix on that next night. They play Denver two nights later. They play Miami, Brooklyn. Oh, that's their West Wing, right? The West Coast. Yeah, uh, Rose yeah, Wing, yeah, which is rough. And then mm-hmm. they play Miami three out of the next four games in Brooklyn. They play Detroit and Dallas. Uh, they play Washington, who's actually been a lot better. So uh, it's going to be a rough, rough stretch, man. And they could feasibly be like five or six games below 500. So Yeah. But I think the, the plus, though, with the East is that I feel like the the bottom of the East is kind of jumbled right now. Oh, yeah. I think the sure. Pacers are only about, what, one game out of uh, out of fifth or maybe two, which is really that okay. much. But, um, yeah, they need to start stacking up some wins. But the Lakers game could be winnable if Davis isn't back yet. I feel like Sabonis could have his way. True. And that one. The Lakers really haven't been that good since Davis has been out. They've lost like a bunch of games. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I, I think we'll uh I feel like last time I saw it, AD is supposed to be back uh after the All Star break, but that could change. So we'll right. see on that. But uh, the Suns game is winnable. I don't I think the Suns they have a good record, but I don't I think they're they're a beatable beatable team. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean they were close earlier in the year, but they had Vic still. Um I don't know. It depends, man. But We'll see on it. Uh, what would like? What would you do if you uh, if you're the Pacers? Do you uh, do you keep 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 the centers together, or what do you do? Um, it's it's really tough because I've only watched like a couple games for the Pacers, but um, I don't know. I feel like wasn't Turner shopped this past summer, and the Celtics were arguably going to get him or something, and then they they said they didn't want him. Yeah, or something happened like that, right? And then yeah. uh, I mean, I don't like. What do you think a realistic package for Turner is right now? Because what is his? What are his stats? Right, he's putting up at least. You know, he's a good. He's a good three point shooter. Very good defender. I feel like that'll. I mean, I don't know what the pace is going to go as far as you know getting picks or if they want ready made players now, if they trade Turner. But I feel like Sabonis will get a bigger haul. I would assume. Yeah. See, that's what I lean on, man. And like, I'm not even trying to speak a trade into existence, but I think about it a lot. Just where the team's at. Like, um, I mean, Miles is having his best offensive season. Um, he's made a lot of strides in terms of his feel for the game there. His defense has been at an elite level. Um, if the team was actually like a competent defensive team, he'd be higher up in the defensive player of the year race. I mean, he's averaging four and a half stocks right now, um, which is still really damn good. But the team is like, I think they were 13th headed into tonight. Um, I can't remember how many points they gave up right now, but they'll probably be right around there. So, I mean, pretty average. You're not going to win defensive player of the year down that far. Um, 
But, I mean, I just look at that. I'm like, you, like you mentioned, does Domas net a bigger haul? Um, and if he does, does that warrant trading him more? Um, yeah. I think I have a much more positive view than uh, some national media people do uh, on, on Domas' bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's probably a happy balance in there. Uh, not to to my own horn, but I mean that I'm probably more right than Nate Duncan is on, uh, on Domas' bonus. <laughs> Oh, man, um, he's, he's always – Dude, he's always I, I just like I, – I don't try and clown Nate Duncan or John Hollinger because they're obviously extremely smart guys. They know what they're talking about. But, like, I don't I know. Like I just think it's, it's a little far going and saying that somebody's, like, the worst all-star selection of all time and, like, all Yeah, that's shit. pretty bad like, to say. Yeah. I'm I've looking at his number. Look what Sabonis is putting up right now. I mean, he does – he's – Levert's out. Warren's been out. I mean, he got to respect what Sabonis is doing. I mean, Hollinger called Jokic last year the 11th best quarterback in the league. There's an article about it. I think I said in the chat, it's it's hilarious. Me and me and Chandler always laugh about it because I mean, he's an MVP candidate. You call him the 11th best quarterback in the league. I mean, come on, that's crazy to me, man. I mean, he should probably be MVP. Um, I mean, him and like I, I've been like flipping back and forth on him and Embiid, but uh, Embiid's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. How good Embiid was last night too. Like, yeah, I think if they that was incredible to see what he did to go back. Oh yeah, dude, incredible. You uh, Jazz Twitter has been insufferable uh, ever yeah. since, as if they weren't already. But you know, um, it's been uh, it's been a blast. But yeah, oh, okay. So back to the question. Uh, yeah, well, I guess not my question. But like, I, I I don't know what I would do, man. Uh, I saw Logan said not... Logan says here uh, in a perfect world I'd replace Turner with a Grant type. That's that's fair. I mean, I think the way that's interesting. Like, that that is interesting because like I think you, it brings up a good point. Like if you have Domas. Like I mentioned earlier, I think it was a little bit before Logan got on. Like he does stuff as someone who can kind of raise the floor for uh, for guys who aren't primary options. Like he he makes it easier with his screening and especially with his ability as a passer. Like um, I think there's this idea among people outside of um, like Pacers media or people who are watching them regularly, like um, that Domas is kind of like a black hole on offense because he's uh, I think he's he's close to first in touches in the league. He was first last year, I believe. Um, and really, it's you got to look at time of possession too, because really, like he's touching the ball just to to make it go the right place, which sounds rudimentary, but like uh, he's more of like a redirection than uh, than a direction himself. Um, and I think that's an important way to look at it, like very similar to how Jokic is doing things. Um, obviously, not to the same level; like he's probably a tier just below it. Um, right, but. You like I, I wonder genuinely because like we've seen with Victor Oladipo this year, I think a lot of Victor's problem a it's his pull up has not been there. He struggled B, this year. I watched that really, Houston game the other night. And yeah, I, oh, it was I rough. Was, like, like, he, he's lost his burst. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, and so so that's what I'm talking about because I think Victor was actually good in Indiana to start the year. Or not, he wasn't great. He wasn't back to All Star level or anything, but he was looking solid. Um, and he really has struggled in Houston, obviously, uh, especially since Wood went down. And I think I, – I wonder what it looks like for um, for Brogdon and for Karis LeVert potentially if they don't have the kind of dynamic screening of a guy like Domas um, because we've seen what he's able to do for them. And Malcolm struggled a ton against Miami with Miles as the only real screener out there. And so I think about that a lot because yeah. he's been – Miles is better as a screener now, but he's just he's not somebody who can get low because he's got a really high base. He's not a very flexible guy, and he's not that strong in his lower body. Um, so I don't know. But then I also think too, like 
if you have miles and you have um you have like another four like like Logan mentions if you if you get like a Jeremy Grant type back for Domas and you have that next to Miles like maybe your shot creation isn't as good but you could be a maybe the top defense in the league or somewhere around there cuz like ultimately if you're going to be a title contending team you have to be top 10 in both you know offense and defense but like if you want to be a legit conference finals team like Denver was last year I mean you have to have like a top 5 offense or defense right um but I don't know, man. It's a, it's a lot. And I, it's something I have to dig into. But uh, And, Logan, I totally agree, man. Turner and Grant together, that would be a blast. That would uh, be nice, the, yeah. I don't the think defensive rebounding would be absolutely fucking abysmal. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. Grant, be, is, he's an awful fantastic. Oh, yeah. There's, it's, that would be rough. But overall, man, I would love that. So I think the question, like, do you think Sabonis can be the number one option? Is my, like, do you think he can be the, the cornerstone of the Pacers? Oh, I know he's an all-star this year, but do you do you think like he can take them to like a top five seed continuously uh, in you know in the playoffs, like or in the you know going into the playoffs? I uh, I'm closer to yes than I. Well, I, I'm like somewhere I'm caught somewhere in between yes and no um, because I think uh, in a way I mean he's not the number one option on the team right now. It's Malcolm Brogdon, you know, um, like he's like an awesome secondary who boosts other guys. But I think there's enough there that makes me wonder, can he be that top option? Um, I mean, like, I think there's, there's this like general tendency. Like how, if, if I asked you right now, how old do you think Domas is? He's probably what? 23. Oh, okay. All right. Shit. You're closer than most people be. He's 24. Um, I think a lot of people, like a lot of people looked at him last year and he made the all-star game. They're like, he's never making one again. I'm like, dude, he's 23 years old. Like what are are we talking about? He's younger than miles is. Yeah, and like just, take uh, a, just look at the leap Jokic took from twenty twenty four to twenty six. I mean, Jokic was you know everyone said oh he can't play defense, he can't you know he can't be the number one scorer. I mean, obviously I think they're different prospects, but yeah, I, like I said, I think we were talking about this in the chat is that even if you're twenty four years old, uh, you know you can still make a, a worthy leap where he could be the cornerstone guy. I think Sabonis next year. Um, I think there's some things that he's going to have to do. You know, increase his scoring aggression. Uh, the three-point ball is going to get better. Defensively, he's got to get way better. Um, I just think on both ends of the floor, like he's got a lot more room for growth where his ceiling is not you know, prohibited. He's got a lot more room to grow. I think he can get there eventually. So, I mean, I think that if he can get there, I think that he, I think he can be the cornerstone. I just think the Pacers kind of have to reevaluate on how to build around him, kind of like the same way the Nuggets kind of have to see what they have to do with Jokic as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I think a lot of it comes to uh... – does the three become more viable? And I think he has to go back to his mid-range a little bit this year uh, or next year. I would like to see it this year, too. He took some tonight, and I, I was kind of pleased with it. But, like, so he went from last year taking 14 of, 14% of his shots from 14 to uh, to the arc. And this year he's down to 5%. Uh, and he's replaced most of that with either driving to the rim, uh, taking a little bit more from, from as a post-up opportunity, um, or taking it from three. And while it's been – like I, I understand the principle of driving to the rim. He's been pretty good at the rim this year. A nice crisp sixty nine percent. But overall, I look at it and I think teams. If, if you like, he shot forty six percent from from fourteen to the arc last year, which was good. Like that's really good. It's not elite, but like it's borderline there. Um, 
And I think if you have that shot and you can take it, I don't want you to always take it. Like if you, I, I prefer that you're taking an open three probably, but at the same time, like I think if you have the opportunity to take a, a, a 14 to 18 footer and you can make that a money shot, like if you can make that, like, like when David West was in Indiana, he shot 50% from three uh, in right. 13, 14. And he took that shot all the fucking time. Like mm-hmm. if you can make that shot and have that as something you rely on, because right now, he doesn't have a shot that he can just go to. I think is his problem. Like he has a lot of, he's um, like a post post guy, right? Yeah, even in the post too. Like he has, he's he just doesn't have a lot of lift. So like he has to go to like four or five different things sometimes. And you'll see like when uh when they played, gosh, who was it they played against? Um, oh yeah, it was when they played Embiid on uh on Monday. Embiid just completely stonewalled him, and you saw it wasn't yeah, even that the trying. It was just oh yeah, it was rough. Like. He probably worked like four or five different moves in and try to hit up and under a couple times and just like got to a point he he had to pass the ball out because he just was he was out of having anything he could do and couldn't attack it. Um, so we he, like he's working on uh, this little like I don't know if you saw it he he tried to hit like the Dirk fadeaway two or three times tonight yeah. and he he actually hit one of them. It's been uh, not super frequent it, it, like not as frequent as I'd like it to be, um, but. He, he just needs, like, that one move that he can go to. He's not there yet. Um, but I agree. Like, like we've talked about in the chat with, like, Jamal Murray. Like, Jamal Murray is um, – I think a lot of people are like, oh, he's a finished product. But he's 24 this year, man. Like, or uh, – or was he 23 or he's turned 24? I think he's 24. Yeah, I think he's 24. Yeah. And he's – I mean, like, over the last month, he's back to playing like he was in the bubble. Obviously, he's not the same same guy. Being the guy who was right. above him and not, um, and so I, I think we just get like too too content to write a guy off and uh, and say that they're a finished product where they're at. Like, look at I mean, even TJ Warren. Like TJ Warren was a one, had one of the worst defensive reputations in the league in Phoenix and became a plus defender in Indiana last year. Um, was hitting the three consistently. Was doing a lot of really good stuff. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm just high on the ability of this team to uh, to kind of build guys up and, and see what they have. Uh, but it's a good question, man. I'm not really sure what to think about uh, about what Domas can be moving forward. No, it's a good good discussion, especially – I feel like yeah. the Nuggets and the Pacers are in the same kind of predicament where it's like you have to see, you know, evaluate how to build around, you know, Sabonis and Turner and, and Jokic and Murray is the same way. You know, a lot of people want to trade Porter Jr. when he was going through his slump. But, um, you know, he's like we said, he's 22 years old, off two back surgeries. He just had a great bubble in the playoffs where he, he helped them beat the Jazz and the Clippers to go to the uh, Western Conference Finals. So I feel like we got to be more patient with just as far as, you know, letting the guys play and, and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. Um, and we'll see what happens. But the problem is, too, like the Pacers are not a young team. Like they have – I mean, Domas is young. Miles is kind of young, but – TJ's 27. Uh, Malcolm's 28 already. Uh, TJ's on the last year of his deal next year. I forgot um, how old Brogdon was, yeah, because he came out of college. He was pretty old. Pretty old yeah, I think he three when he got drafted, like right around there. So, yeah. Um, and it's not like I'm not trying to make it sound like it's all doom and gloom and they're on like the death's door or whatever, but at the same time, uh, like you mentioned earlier, like if you if you make a trade, like it's got to be for a player that that you're going in for right now. Otherwise, what are you doing with Malcolm and uh, and TJ on the roster? You know, um, so I don't know. It's uh it's a little conflicting, but regardless, man, 
Uh, do you have any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Oh, I think we hit on a lot of topics. I think we, you know, especially did, the Nuggets Pacers game was good. We talked about the Jazz and you know a bunch of the other NBA teams. You know, what do you think about? Um, what do you think about? I actually want to ask you, like when we close out here, what do you think about the Jazz? Do you think they're for real this year? Do you think that they can can win the championship? Uh, I I think they're a lot more for real than uh, than they're getting credit for. Um, I think it. The only thing that doesn't help is uh, a. I don't love. Uh, the way that they've been in some regards, like I, I don't like I, the entitlement. I, just, I I hate not even entitlement. I hate bitching about refing because that it gets annoying to me. Yeah, that like, was bad last night. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I get it. I get bitching about refing. Like I I did I I hated refs when I played. I got more than my fair share. Like I I got ejected from plenty of games. <laughs> uh, but like at the I've same got time, some technicals too. Yeah, at the same time, you just got to take your L and move on. Um, and I know that's, like, a pretty uh, pretty easy way to just try and, like, say shit. But, like, regardless, I think uh, – I don't know. That, that's my only worry about them. Like, I don't want them to, like, get to that spot of, like, how 13, 14 patients were, man. Like, they kind of got to a point where uh, – like, they were 43 and 9 or 43 and 12. I can't remember. It was, like, right around there. Right, um, and then they uh, they got to the point where their shit didn't stink, and it showed through. And obviously, a lot more was going on with that team. But um, regardless, though, I mean, what they do, like their ball movement, is fucking legit. Um, I I hate the comparisons to the fourteen fifteen Hawks because a I love that fourteen fifteen Hawks team, and you can take yeah, it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but then also, like they have. Like like Rudy Gobert would be the best player on that fourteen fifteen Hawks squad. Um, like what he does as a floor raiser to make them so good defensively. Like Donovan Mitchell is the best shot creator, which is the biggest difference. Like mm-hmm. Jeff Teague was the best player creating his own shot on that team, or, or you you could argue Horford or Millsap for making for getting post ups. But our guy Paul Sapp. Oh, dude, I I love Paul. I love Paul so much, man. Yeah, he's um, great. He's great. But the biggest thing too, like I think their uh, the bench means a lot more uh, for the Jazz. Like their bench is a lot better than than the than the Hawks bench was. Like the Hawks bench was good in the regular season. I have faith in the Jazz bench in in the uh, in the postseason. Like they'll probably end up cutting George Niang out of the rotation. I would bet. Yeah, um, he's defensively he's he's a disaster. He's like he's okay at points, but yeah, I agree. Like I think it's just going to get to the point where they're like, okay, we're going to cut down, um, but. No, I I believe in Utah, man. I know they've been on a little bit of a skid recently after playing some pretty tough matchups, but um, I don't know. I I, th- I think Donovan Mitchell is is great. I really love Donovan Mitchell, um, and I don't know. I I, th- I think they're gonna be good, man. I I'm, I'm interested to see what they look like in the playoffs. But until then, I'm just gonna enjoy what they're doing right now because they're they're fun to watch. Definitely, I think we saw too. You know, when the Nuggets played them in the playoffs, where they kind of had like their first four games, they couldn't miss a shot. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of that was the Nuggets played Porter Jr. and you know they were tearing him apart. I mean, actually, he's only a rookie, so. But um, then Gary Harris was out for the first five games of that series, and he came back immediately, flipped the switch for them. But um, I just think the Jazz are vulnerable against certain teams. They don't really yeah. have a big wing, like they have Bogdanovich, but he's a bad defender. Oh, he's a terrible um, defender. Terrible yeah. defender. Um, like O'Neal is good, but he's kind of small and he's pretty limited as far as if he doesn't shoot the ball. Well, and he doesn't really bring that much to the table. And then, uh, like, for Gobert, too, you know, we saw he kind of get outplayed in the playoffs a little bit if he goes against a shooting big. I mean, obviously, he was going against Jokic, who was probably the worst matchup for him. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think they'll 
I think they'll win a first round series, depending on who they play against. But I don't. If they go against the Clippers or the Lakers, I don't. I don't see them winning. I don't see them beating them. But we'll we'll see. They're having a good year, though. They got to give them credit. So yeah, yeah. I think what I would to, to give like a finite answer. I would say I think that they definitely are capable of making the the conference finals and going from there and seeing what happens. Um, right. But yeah, I, I would definitely expect them to get out of the first round and see what happens from there. But uh, yeah, man. I'm uh I'm excited. It's a good year of basketball. I know things have been wonky, but uh, I've enjoyed the hell out of it, and I'm uh, I'm excited to see how the rest of it plays out. That's been fun too. Yeah, we got March Madness coming up too, so that'll be fun. Oh yeah, man! I forgot about it. All of it's happening in Indiana, which is why we have the uh, the the first um, like the Pacers are literally playing like they don't play a single Wednesday game. In no, they play only Wednesday games in Indiana. Uh, they play early of the week in Indiana, and then they have all their road trips around the weekend because March Madness is happening. Um, in the field house. So they are not allowed, they can't use the field house at all. So it's just like kind of another thing that adds on top of Pacers. But, uh, right. We'll I think the next two with the Big East tournament coming up next week. Oh, yeah. Should I even think about yeah. that? So that's, How great is it the Big week. East tournament is still a thing? I love that it's that's back, awesome. man. I usually, yeah. I usually like to go every, every, uh, every couple of years because I, I live in New Jersey. So, yeah. But, um, it's, it's always a good time. The Big East has been, has been really good conference, you know, ever since the, uh, they said that it was down since the alignment, but it's been the past couple of years been really good. We got some good coaches now and there. Um, it's always fun. So yeah, well, I love them. At, well, I, obviously not not super psyched about Creighton at the moment, but uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, that's been rough. Uh, but adding Creighton was awesome. Like adding Creighton, big move. Notre Dame. even UConn too. Oh wait, no, not Notre Dame. No wait, Notre Dame is in the Big East still, isn't it? Or not anymore? They're in the oh, ACC. That's right, now. They're ACC. UConn um, though. UConn just got yes, added. Which adding is a great UConn one. back. Yeah, um, especially to who's their their coach? It's uh, Hurley? Bobby Hurley's brother, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Danny. Yep, Danny. Yeah. They got Book Knight is really good. Oh, Book Knight's so fucking great, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I need it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to start doing some draft profiles pretty soon because – I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be yeah, good. That's where the paces are at. So, uh, so man. We were like first. that too. Let's look. We were like yeah. that too a, a little over a couple weeks ago. So, it had, they'll turn it around. They'll turn it yeah. around. Yeah, we'll see good. what happens, man. Well, CT, I appreciate you for coming on, man. Where can people find you at or you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Mark. You know, it was always a good time talking ball. We should do yeah, this more dude, often with a bunch of the yeah. guys talking. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. I'd love to do that. So, um, yeah, no, I got. I've been kind of busy lately, so I haven't really, you know, put out some content. But I got some more draft profiles coming out um, on CrownHoops.com, and then other than that, you can just find my Nuggets or, or St. John's takes on uh, on Twitter. So, but uh, you know, thanks again. It was a great time. It's always always good talking ball. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks again for talking as well. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Siobhan, Travis, you guys have a good rest of your night. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Yep. Thanks, guys. See ya.